Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. We play some competitive sports once in a while, wouldn't it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hey, we are here back at the normal time, at least for this week, 9 to 11 a.m. At least most of us were here at the normal time. What? You guys got here on time. So I don't know what happened this morning. Um, what are you talking about? Well, listen, I'm going to tell you. Jesse knows what I'm talking about, but I'm going to tell you. So uh, my alarm goes off this morning, and I get up and come here. And I get to the station, I'm like, huh, I beat Lynch and Jesse? That never happens. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a little, it's different. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, wait a minute. Look at the clock. Bro, it's like 7.45 uh, or something like that. I'm yeah. like, man, get out of here. I'm here super early. So my alarm went off at like 7, so not paying attention to. Because last week we were on we were 8 a.m. Eight, yeah, and so I got here, and I was just sitting outside. I was like, huh, I wonder where everyone is. And I'm, I'm listening. I was like, man, who are these guys? And so, <laughs> and so I was like, wait a minute, man. Why? Hella early. So that was my. But it gave me a chance to do some reading. And Yeah, what did you do? Did you just, you just sat in here for an hour I, and a half and I just hung out? Or? In, I sat in the car. I, you you know, sat in the car? I did. I did. Oh, that's you right, know. because you need one of us to let you in the building. I honestly can't find my fob, <laughs> so I, I think it's time for me to, you know, finally come clean and, and go see if I can. That might be know, a good thing to do. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, no, it's one, it, it broke off of my, off, off of my keychain. And like, honestly, I don't, I don't know, man. It, it, the, the, the part that your keychain goes on, it, it freaking broke off. They're, know. they're really cheap. They're like they're like literally pennies on the dollar. So I, I'm sure they'll be okay giving you a fob. How did so this? It's irresponsible. Did you did you have this type of one, the long I, I gray did. one? I did. How did this break off? It's actually really I don't know thick at the bottom. That's a great question. So mind you, I've had fobs before. Like some of my old apartment buildings and stuff use the exact same you know key. But I've had this fob for like eight years and it has no wear. I had mine for four. Like it just one of those. It just I don't know. It it broke. I don't. I can't explain. I wish I could, but did you like rip it off in a fit of rage? No, I'm not. Like, I don't get that. It? I, don't ah! get, I don't get that angry. Not angry enough to destroy my things, at least. <laughs> like so, yeah. But it's one. Of, it's kind of one of those things. So either way, it was just it gave me a chance to read some ESPN, some Bleacher Report, and some pretty nice. cool articles and stuff like that. So that's cool. I, I there have been times where I have thought I was doing that, and I'm like, I'm going in. Is this the right time? But it's usually the opposite. I actually had that thought today because I was driving in and I was like, what happens if I get there and they've already been on the air for an hour? And I was like, uh, that would be bad. How does that go down? Like, I just walk in and go, hey, I'm here. Do you want fantasy advice for me? Sorry, I missed it, but we got an hour left. I would just pretend like I was supposed to be late. I don't know. No, that's, that's okay. And I would go right along with it. <laughs> ask so many questions during the break. <laughs> so it would be oh i set my alarm for the normal time and i didn't think the show started till nine or, or until nine so that's why i'm here <laughs> that's why I, i'm here I when would i get am. it i would get it and i wouldn't judge you for it i try i try to be really on top of our show times this this year has been a lot tougher it, it, has it seems to be changing randomly not necessarily it used to be always based with the seahawks and if the seahawks were on at 10 a.m we didn't have a show 
if they were on Monday, Thursday, or Sunday night, we had an early show. And if they were on normal time, 1 o'clock, we had a 9 to 11 show. But earlier in the year, the Seahawks had a couple of primetime games, but we were on 9 to 11. So I was like, oh, they're just leaving us at 9 to 11. And then a week later, they were like, oh, it's 8 to 10 this week. I was like, why? The Seahawks don't even have a late game. So I, didn't, I don't understand what's happening. I just, I'm trying to follow the schedule the best I can. Like ESPN wanted to give us, you know, Titans Buccaneers, you know, so that was, uh, yes. that's, that's the game that, you know, that they think you should hear. So no football or sports Sunday for you guys. Just the, uh, to the battle of two potential bus quarterbacks in Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. Who knew? Like, rem- do you remember four years ago when we were on the show and we were talking about, man, there's there's no bus potential with these guys. They're going to be the leaders of the new school and the leaders of the pack as, the, as they kind of progress and mature. And who now Mariota. Uh, Don't make excuses. No, me. he's been a, he's been. No, he's he's been bad. Like Mariota hasn't been good, but he's been good enough to keep his team kind of afloat. You know what I mean? Like Mariota's has records have been. They've been good enough to where he's not terrible. You know what I mean? Like Mariota is consistently like a ten and six, nine and seven. Like he had the one year like last year where he actually they did you know pretty well. I want to say they were like eleven and five or something like that. But for the most part, like he's been just really like a middle of the road kind of quarterback. But he's he's been able to keep his team afloat. So we just kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. I look at a guy that because it. I looked at a guy in college and I thought this is a really amazing college quarterback who could be a good NFL quarterback. I don't think he's an, a guy that's ever going to be an elite. He's never going to be a Tom Brady or whatever, but I I think he's shown enough. He's he's got a really high efficiency in the red zone. Um he we know he has a high football IQ. He's a playmaker. I look at it as this he hasn't had some of the advantages that guys like a Deshaun Watson. I wouldn't even put it. Well, yeah, because they these teams were uh, Andy Reid and KC. They've started molding their teams around their young quarterback, what they do well, and um, they encourage that. Where <clears throat> I don't know what Tennessee is exactly doing. They're they're trying to give them a like the one thing I will say is they've given them an offensive line or tried to give them an offensive line. It hasn't necessarily worked out. Last year it was really good. It, it was really good. Yeah. They've dealt with a lot of injuries this year. I, I I think it was week three. They literally had one healthy starter on that offensive line. And so it and it, you've had multiple coaches as a quarterback and we all know that when you see multiple coaches that helps as a young quarterback um kind of for lack of a better word, retard that career. And so um, I, I think this is a guy who has shown promise. Um, he doesn't turn over the ball on a regular basis that if they found a way to get some playmakers around him, Corey Davis obviously hasn't worked out. They got rid of Richard Matthews. Like, uh, see, it, you know, Delaney Walker got hurt. But Jesse, what you're doing is what a lot of people are doing with Mariota is they're making excuses for him. I'm not making I'm I'm just kind of saying that no, he, he hasn't been a great quarterback. I think he's he, but he's shown enough to where he, once again going back to my original statement, he can be a good quarterback. He's not going to be an elite quarterback, but if you have a stable situation and we've seen this time and time again. Look at what Jared Goff was before you got a guy that wanted to come in and and one, they put talent around him and two, they decided to manipulate that offense around that quarterback. And what he does well, and that's play action off the of a running game. But the so here's the thing, and the, this is, I guess we're going into this topic first. I didn't plan on this. I just wanted to to bring it up. Uh, but here's the thing with Mariota, and it's it's kind of fascinating because I think so many of us here who watched him play in Oregon want him to succeed to succeed, Absolutely. right? 
He's genuinely a nice person. He has proven that time and time again. He he supports and and you know ha- holds the banner for the University of Oregon really well in the NFL. But consistently since he's come up, people are basically they blame everything but Marcus's play. That's not exactly what Jesse was doing, but it it kind of it was similar to what a lot of people have done, and we see it on the text line all the time when we talk about Mariota. Oh, his offensive line's not very good. Or, man, they just need to give him some more receivers. If you watch Mariota play, he's just not that good. His numbers are very misleading. Sometimes there was the game, there was a game a couple weeks ago where he went like 21 of 26 and he threw for like 200 yards and a touchdown, right? And it's like, wow, that's a really efficient game. If you actually, and I actually watched that game and I looked at the stats afterwards, I went, what? Mariota was 21 of 26 because he didn't play that well, but he just came out with good stats. But if you look at his career thus far, he's had one good season stats wise. It was his sophomore year. Um, I'm just going to go 26 and nine. But last year, 13 and 15. This year, 11 and eight. And I'm thinking about the Jaguar game, the Thursday night game that they did win, by the way, mostly because of Derrick Henry. But we were watching that game and. We, I think on primetime that day, we were talking about Mariota, so it was even more on top of mind to watch him ex- explicitly play. And the perfect way to describe him was he had an amazing first drive. You led them down the field. They scored. You're like, wow, Mariota's playing really well. This is the flash in the pan. Like, this is what gives you hope that Mariota will be a good quarterback. Next drive, rolls out to the left, wide open receiver, airmails the throw by like seven yards in the air and, and throws a clear interception. And you're like, oh... Yeah. There's also Mariota. There it is. And right. that's why he's also he's on in my opinion, he's at that borderline bust mark because he hasn't been able to break through the one good season. I think Jameis Winston's reached bust already, to be honest with you. I think he's a bust. Um, but I don't know if Mariota's hit that point yet, but I'm not afraid to say it, even though a lot of people are going. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. At some point, it's his fault. Second overall, that's a bust. Let's let's just face it. But this is where I'm going to say once again, I think this is a guy who can still be a starter in this league for the proper team. He's not going to be the guy that that is the engine that makes the offense move, but he is the guy that can be a big part in what makes the offense move. Um, I, I think his number one problem so far in his career is his inability to stay healthy. When you talk about overthrowing receivers and, and not being, it, yeah, well, that's another, that's I mean, another thing. Yeah. Yes, and that and that's something that just some quarter, that comes with some quarterbacks, like Dak Prescott. And, and I think you get that more out of a mobile Ooh, quarterback who carries it like a bread basket or a, a, like a bread loaf. But but what I, I look at is is you've got a guy that hasn't been able to stay healthy. He hasn't been able to probably get in as many practices as he probably should in his young career, which means he's not on the same page with his receivers. I don't know. I just look at it as that this is a guy who needs and they tried this to get a, a running game behind him, a strong defense, play action, but he needs to be able to be on the field. It's hard for me to call Jameis worse than Mariota because, I mean, it's hard for oh, me to I say will. Mariota's bust, Jameis' bust. Man, Jameis has got seasons of 4,000 yards his first couple of seasons. Matters that he had not. Now, mind you, here's Jameis's thing. He's an idiot, and he can't stay on the field for, for his own, not because of injuries, not because of, you know, it's because of stupid suspensions that put you in this position to hurt your team. That's why Jameis Winston isn't as good as he just he his it's between the years. It's not a a physical thing. And that does translate now, to the cause, field cause, too. Because even now with Jameis missing 
uh, three game or four games, three or four games this season. Three I think games. It was three games. With well, him missing three games, he still has more touchdowns than Mariota has. That, you know what I mean? And that's and that's the thing. He's still now, mind you, he does have a Mike Evans and he does have Deshaun Jackson on the other side, but yet still, he's productivity is not the thing for Jameis. It's the rest of that tw- terrible whatever's going on there. You know what I'm saying? Like a horrible decision maker on the field. I, I've never seen terrible, a quarterback he throws, that he throws a lot of picks, but he also throws a, uh, not a lot of touchdowns, but enough to. Second season, twenty-eight touchdowns, mind you, eighteen picks, but he did throw twenty-eight touchdowns. Right, but if we're gonna if we're gonna use the same example as we do with Mario, we gotta talk Mariota. about Dirk Cutter too, who you're not a huge fan of. You know what I mean? So He's not that's, great, that's, but that's important as well. If we're gonna if we're gonna compare them to each other, and they're going to be forever because they were drafted one too, um, the the numbers are very similar to Mariota. I mean, nineteen and 11, 14 and twelve, fifteen picks, eighteen picks. Yeah, you're right. He has a, more passing yards. Because that's what his team does. They throw the ball a lot. And da- deep downfield. But he is, uh, Jesse right. is right. And you're right. It's a combination. He he is an idiot. Off the field and frankly on the field. He is a terrible decision maker. I remember watching Hard Knocks. What was it? Two years ago when the Bucks were on it. And Cutter was going to him and saying, you need to understand these coverages now. This is your third season in the NFL or whatever it was. And they were meeting in the office. And they were yeah. meeting in the office, and he couldn't, Winston could not describe to him efficiently what to do against certain coverage. And it's like, okay. And, and again, I think that a lot of, and I don't know we have to go, but a lot of that is him. It's between the ears. It's him just not taking the time to learn. He's he's played too much. That's Jameis Winston's problem. He's he's not a mature dude, and you have to be the most mature if you're going to play quarterback in the NFL. That's the reason he has the issues he has. All right, let's break. Let's continue this conversation next. We do have some text on the Better You Today text line at 55305. We're going to get to. I didn't even do my whole spiel before the, to start we the didn't show. didn't get there. Better You Today text line 55305. Fantasy Scramble, 930. Text us your start sick questions if you're in the fantasy playoffs and uh, you need some help, feel free. We'll do that then. I want to talk about the new college football playoff story that came out this week in The Athletic that a lot of people are getting behind 18 playoff. That was supposed to be this segment, but I'll push that to later in the show. Are the Chargers for real? Uh, that's coming up in the West Coast Bias at 10.15. Hate or love at 10.30. There you go. Next, Tex and more Mariota Winston. This is Football Sunday on the Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Well, we stumbled into a Mariota Winston conversation, which was not planned, but that's fine. It never really is, though. No. Um, how did it even start? We said something uh, about Titans something. Oh, Titans like, Bucks. Yeah, Titans Buccaneers like on TV and nobody wants to see that. And I think that was the first game of the season that they gave us. Oh, yeah. And then, I, and then I threw the two busts playing each other and then that started it yeah all right that makes sense um here's the better you today text line some of the texts that we have gotten so far the ball off mariota's hand always looks like a wobbly dead duck not always but it does sometimes um although we've seen quarterbacks have success with that as well peyton manning every throw he made after he lost feeling in his fingers was a dead duck and he still was able to win a super bowl with it although his defense did a lot of the work uh winston could have used better coaching uh, Dirk Cutter is a bum. Same goes for Mariota in some sense because Mike Malarkey wasn't very good either. Although they did bring in Matt LaFleur, 
this year. Uh, no, not dodgeball. And he was from the Rams, and he was supposed to be this uh, the next kind of like Sean McVay, really good offensive line, and he has not necessarily panned out yet. That could just be because of injuries, I suppose. But I think a lot of people thought he would be able to kind of mold this offense in a way that would fit Mariota, and it hasn't exactly worked out that way this year. Uh, Mariota is way better than some quarterbacks who've won Super Bowls. He can eventually do it if Dilfer or Brad Johnson could. He just needs help like those quarterbacks had. Like, sure. I think I think to, to your guys' point last segment, he's good enough to stay in the league, but he's a bust because he was the number two pick. That's that's the that's the fact. And and if Mar and Correct. if the and if the Titans can find a Warren Sapp and a <laughs> and a and a Derek Brooks and you know some of those other guys that played for that, you know, uh Tampa squad, then man, yes, absolutely. He they, they could they could do a whole lot with a marginal quarterback at like Mariota right now. But. I think with the right team and the right mindset, which I think Vrabel could be that guy, because I uh, honestly I think the defense is there because that if you if you went something along the routes of molding your team more like the the Baltimore Ravens, this guy could have a career like Joe Flacco, which have... Joe Flacco for several moments in his career were, was teetering in that conversation. Right. Is, Is Joe he Flacco a or not? Elite? Yeah. Exactly. Which no, he never was, but he was good enough to to win a damn Super Bowl, and that's what I mean. If the Titans had uh, Joe Flacco's career with Mariota. I still think that's a bust since he was a second overall, but I also still think they're very happy because that also gets them a Super Bowl or something close to they're in the playoffs on a regular basis, that kind of thing. But the difference is with 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 those two is like when Flacco won a Super Bowl, he had a really offensive minded head coach. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 kind of what, you know, John Harbaugh, along with his brother Jim, they're kind of innovative you know, at least head offensive head coaches. At he also that point. had an elite defense. No, right. and, and, and elite defense definitely helps. But Flacco, mind you, first few years of Flacco's career, man, you're talking about a guy who's throwing 5,000 yards, you know, a year for the most part. Or no, 4,000 no, 4, yards. It wasn't, it wasn't 4,000, 5,000, but this is about 4,000 yards a year for the first few years of Flacco's career. And that was a team that was pretty much predicated on defense. I think if you gave Mariota a, a great mind like one of the Harbos, then, yeah, things are much different for him. You look at what – what happened with Alex Smith and his situation going through offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator, after offensive coordinator and head coach after head coach, man, by the, by year six, it's like you've had a new coordinator every single year. If you've never seen an NFL playbook, they are so thick and really compact because there's a million different plays in them. And in each of those plays, there are notes because there are options of what each of these players have to do. If this happens, if they flood the line, then you get a chance to run the streak or you run a, a, a screen here. Like, there's so many different options for you at that point. Like, you know what it takes to learn one of these playbooks and then all of a sudden learn a new one and then the next year learn another one. And then after that, I've had – so I'm coming off a situation. You and I were just talking about this in the break. I'm coming off a situation with my job to where in the three years that I was in one position, I had three different managers every year. And every year, the a manager said, no, I don't like this uh, this tactic. We're going to try it like this. And so it's changing the way I have to do my work all of a sudden. And then the next year, it's like, oh, well, I don't know why we changed that. We need to go back to this. And on top of that, we need to add this. And then the next year, it was, oh, we're going to scrap that all together and try to do this. Man, now I can't do my job, and I'm super confused about what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. I know what the title's supposed to be, but what exactly am I supposed to be doing? I can only imagine what an offensive or what a quarterback is doing after they get a new coordinator, a new coach every single year. The so. The one example I, I did think of in the break that I, I, I wanted to mention is Andrew Luck, right? Number one pick, given a arguably worse situation than Marcus Mariota was. He had a terrible head coach GM relationship situation. He had the worst offensive line in the NFL. 
He had no running backs. He had one good receiver, uh, and he had an awful defense. And he's had a couple of head coaches. He had a couple of GMs, and he's had the shoulder injury, by the way. Um, and what has Andrew Luck been able to do? But he was Andrew, all Andrew Luck has been able to carve out a really, really good early career for himself with almost no help up until this point. He was considered probably the best prospect to come out of the draft since Peyton Manning. Right, but if we're we're comparing top picks with bad situations in their career, it's a comparison. And we've already said But you could also, and Rashad, you also could say you had one too. That kind of counters my argument, but. I can't remember what it was. Alex Smith. Oh, yes, Alex Smith. You know, again, a guy who, man, first (laughs) overall was like, wait, who were we talking about? (laughs) So Alex Smith, again, number one overall pick was was coming out. There was, that was the year I think Andrew Bogut was the number one overall pick, too, for the NBA. So Utah had the number one picks for for both uh, basketball and football. Either way, man, Alex Smith had a new coordinator every single year. It wasn't until he got John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh to where it was like, okay, I have somebody that knows what they're doing. What do you know? We're in the championship. And, and then if it weren't for him getting hurt and Kaepernick coming in and completely showing, you know, everybody thought it was over for Alex Smith. What do you know? He reinvents himself completely by going to the Chiefs and making them a perennial playoff team. Was there a year that he wasn't in the playoffs? Alex with the Chiefs? I don't know. Probably. Maybe one or two. Remember, but... Maybe one or two. But he's become that – in the AFC, there are what? There are two really huge blue bloods in the AFC right now. It's the, it's the Patriots. Man, you got three. You know, the Broncos, the Patriots – and uh, the Steelers. You know, Broncos those are, are not blue bloods. Anymore. But, but I, think, I think they are. We I suck. Think they oh, are. yeah. No, I, I mean, I it doesn't matter that we're. Uh, that, well, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, you're looking year. at the blue blood history. You're talking about the three the huge teams at AFC. Man, those would be the three. And then you throw Alex Smith right in there with what he was able to do with the Chiefs. And, man, he, he was. <laughs> he was easily that that third or fourth best team in the AFC every single year. So I think it's and he had a great coach in Andy Reid. What do you know? What is he, what is he able to do? I think when coach coaching is a bigger issue than people think. If you don't believe me, ask Baker Mayfield. All right. So just mm. to kind of revert back to a, a lower argument of saying, hey, this guy could be Joe Flacco. This was Joe Flacco. Uh, he twenty nine hundred yards his first year, thirty six hundred his second year, thirty six hundred, thirty six hundred, thirty eight hundred, thirty nine hundred, thirty nine eighty six. 2791 for one year where he got over 4,000 yards. That was 2016, 3,141, uh, 3,100 yards last year. Uh, best year touchdowns, 27, 12 picks that year. That was his best touchdown to pick ratio. But this is a guy who, honestly, this exactly, this is what you could get out of Marcus Mariota at the spot where he was drafted, bust. But at the same time, with a running game and a strong defensive game, he can be a guy that can be a starter in this league. And this is something I've talked about several times with mostly like a guy like Tyrod Taylor, where once you get a starter in the NFL, how hard it is to get a starter, you just got to roll with it and build a team around him, whether he's elite or just good. It's so crazy that where you're picked in the draft can determine whether you're a bust or not. Like if you're Mario Williams and you get picked at the end of the first round, then all of a sudden you had a pretty good NFL career. You know what I'm saying? But because you went number one overall, oh, my God, you weren't Lawrence Taylor. You're a bust. Like, wow, that's a that's crazy. You know, because, I mean, these are both still, I don't know if they're starting quarterbacks in the NFL, but they're both really good quarterbacks. Or they could be really good quarterbacks in the NFL. But because where they're picked, man. The Bucks hate Winston so much they've tried to play Fitzpatrick three different times and gone back to him because Fitzpatrick is worse. And Winston's just – he's just an idiot. He's just a – like a bumpkin and Ryan Fitzpatrick guy man he he reminds me of a lot of my family from places like Coffeyville Kansas you know what I mean like he's just 
he just doesn't have it all the way up there. There's something. What do you got against Coffeeville, Kansas? I love Coffeeville. Hey, man, listen, I love my family in Coffeeville. I don't even know if it's like still a place anymore. <laughs> I'm just being real. Like, I thought I, you I'm, made it up. I didn't think no, it was a real no. place. So my grandparents are from Coffeeville, Kansas. I actually lived there for about five months when I was a kid. And it was one of the worst places to live when if you're a kid from the city. All right, we got a break. Good conversation. Yeah, it was cool. Unintentional. Coming up next, Fantasy Scramble. If you have fantasy starts to questions, text them to the Better You Today text line at 55305. We'll get to as many as we can next. This is Football Sunday, but first, Jesse has Sports Center. This is what you get when you wait until the last minute. It's your pick. Fine, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. This guy. A kicker. I like kickers. Listen up, you fantasy coaches. Mike and Rashad are here to save your butt with some last-minute injury news and roster advice. The only reason my team finished as terrible as it is because everybody on the team was hurt. Literally every single player on my team was hurt. This is Fantasy Scramble, part of Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan. 9.35 here on your Sunday morning. That means it's time for the Fantasy Scramble. For those of you who are still in the playoffs, congratulations. I uh, In one of my leagues, I'm playing Jesse in the semifinals, which is not great because he had Kaimi Fairbairn for 27 points. Stupid. I hate kickers. In had fantasy. to make up for Philip Lindsay's first dud of the season. That is true. He was pretty bad. But Fairbairn, yeah, no, I'm, I'm so glad I picked him up early in the season. I... I, I want to say that was probably my best ad drop of the season because he's had a couple monster games and he's just been consistent. And, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, just um, not as good. Well, currently, Jesse projected to win by seven points, but he has had four of his players go. I've had one. So plenty of chances for me to come back here. Oh, yeah. He got eight from Lindsay, 16 from Mahomes. Pretty disappointing for Mahomes, too, actually. Not the best Mahomes game. Oh, no, I was disappointed for sure. Chubb got 10. Lucky because he got that one long run or else he would have been bad. And then Fairbairn's 27 points. I hate kickers. I don't. In my league, there are no kickers. And I think that kickers you should suck. have kickers and no defenses if you're going to do that. Well, but get rid of both of them. I, I guess, but I don't know. Just just gut your fantasy roster of all the, the things you don't like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh so text your fantasy football questions now five five three zero five better you today text line first one that came actually rashad you have one before we get to the text what is your question uh marlon mack or evan ingram ew yeah i know right uh, my guy uh damon hickok just hit me with that one i was like uh uh his son actually a, a, a freshman at u of o on playing for their football team but he actually just hit me and asked that and i was like Ugh, first thing you said but I think I said Marlon Mack, question mark, because I have Evan Ingram. Ingram has not performed this year. He's been mediocre at best. So I'm going to say Marlon Mack, who's been equally mediocre. Yeah, I think best. you just got to go safe floor Marlon Mack because Ingram could get a touchdown or he can go two catches for 10 yards. So at least Mack, like, you know, he's getting the ball a consistent amount of times during the game. That's what I would say. Oh, Mack for sure. Oh, that was easy. Half-point PPR, Josh Reynolds, Taylor Gabriel, Cameron Brait, Chris Ivory, or on the waiver wire, Kenny Stills, D.D. Westbrook. Um, You will hate D.D. Westbrook. He has been the most infuriating player. I've had him on my team, and I, I've only gotten one good start out of him. I've started him a couple of times, and he's been awful, 
and then I bench him and he scores like 12 points in a week that I need to win. <laughs> so he's really frustrating to have. Out of those guys, I know Josh Reynolds hasn't exactly been lighting the world on fire since uh, since his good first week performance in replacement of Cooper Cup. In a half-point PPR league, he's probably not the right play. Taylor Gabriel catches passes pretty frequently, but that's kind of slowed down the last few weeks as well. I don't trust tight ends, even though Cameron Brake got a couple of touchdowns last week. Chris Ivory, maybe? I mean, LaShawn McCoy is out this week, officially. So Chris Ivory will be getting some carries in uh, in Buffalo. Is he, in, he is in Buffalo, right? Or is he on the Jets? Ivory? Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. So he'll be getting some carries there. Ah, that's a really tough situation, man. I'm going to go ahead. I won't take stills. Honestly, your best bet might be Westbrook off the waiver wires just because he caught seven balls from um, Kessler last week, but I'll, I'll probably lean Ivory. That was really, really certain of me. I'm sorry. Ivory or Westbrook? There you go. Jeez. Uh, yeah, Westbrook is definitely a good play off the waiver wire. Um, Taylor Gabriel has been, you know, he was catching balls pretty consistently and now it's not as much, so... Ivory's going to get the ball. You know that. He's running back. He's going to catch a few. Probably Chris Ivory. All right. What were they again? Ivory and Josh Reynolds, Josh Taylor Reynolds. Gabriel, Cameron Brake, Chris Ivory, or on the waivers, Kenny Stills, D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, this is just too many people. Uh, uh, D.D.'s coming off a good game, so he's not going to have a good one. Um, <laughs> That's been his trend this that year. That has been his trend. If you go and look, I think he's had back-to-back good games once. Uh, not to mention it's half-point PPR, so I, I don't take that into as much account because half-point PPR does – slow things down a little bit in the point wise for that um uh, uh stills is kind of interesting but i think you're just chasing touchdowns at that point um oh chris ivory's out don't play chris ivory yeah uh, marcus murphy's interesting actually uh who's the number three running back there in buffalo um he's had flashes and obviously is going to be more of the bell cow with ivory and um LaShawn McCoy i did not know out. ivory was out yeah. I'm glad I said oh, that before he? I before I officially made my recommendation. Oh, I, I didn't see that yeah. he was out. Well, uh, Marcus Murphy. Uh, <laughs> Shoot, if you want if you want into that, I, the Marcus Murphy's the guy, um, and he should be getting the touches. He should be a little bit involved in the passing game as in that well. Case, I'm going Taylor Gabriel. Um, You're going Taylor Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't go, think that's I'm going to go Westbrook then. Man, honestly, this is like I said, this is kind of a mess of, of names. Um, I definitely think that there's some upside there, but the I think more of the defensive weakness against the Green Bay Packers has been their uh, run defense, not their pass defense. They improved the pass defense a little bit. Um, and once again, I I think I've called Mitchell Trubisky a scrub on this show before. Uh, he's looked all right, but I still think that there's a lot of limitations to him. Man, uh, this is just a honestly, this is kind of a mess. I'd probably go Gabriel as well, though. Just I. He has been involved in, I don't know, Gabriel, throw him out there against the wall. Half point PPR pick two. This is a weird one. Aaron Jones, Gronk, Mark Ingram, or David Johnson? Um, I mean, I like Aaron Jones a lot. I think you got to start him. He's been really good. And then Gronk had a really good game last week. And I'll pick Gronk, I guess. I don't trust David Johnson right now. I don't like Mark Ingram particularly with the split and carries. He's really inconsistent to trust. So I guess I'll go Gronk and Aaron Jones. Uh, definitely Gronk. 
Um, just, I mean, when he's on the field, he's just a difference maker. I mean, definitely Gronk. And remember when David Johnson was the number one pick in the draft? Yeah. Not anymore. Aaron Jones. Uh, I definitely like um, Aaron Jones this week. Uh, Gronkowski, is he back? I don't know, man. I have a hard time rolling that one out there. I think I would probably go Aaron Jones, David Johnson myself. Tight end, Vance McDonald or Evan Ingram? Um, McDonald's been more consistent, but he really doesn't catch touchdowns. Ingram has more of a uh, a big yardage boost. He gets a lot of long catches. No Odell this week. And no Odell this week. I'm going to go probably Ingram. Um, Ingram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have Ingram, and I, I mean, I got, I'm still starting someone else. So. Uh, I'll, I'll go Evan Ingram. Uh, PPR, sit one. Kenyon Drake, Eric Ebron, Derrick Henry. Um, I think you got to play Ebron. He is a touchdown machine. Seriously. He's like le- he's near the top in the NFL in touchdown receptions yeah, this year. Andrew loves him. See, I feel like you almost by default have to start him. And honestly, don't be tricked by Derrick Henry last week. I know it sounds really, really sexy to play him. I would not be tricked and play him, so I would go with Kenyon Drake. Um. Hmm. Yeah. I, geez. Sit one, right? Um, sit one. Yeah. I'm sitting. I probably Derrick sit. Henry. Ken, you're sitting Derrick Henry. Yes. I don't think he, he. Last week was an aberration. He's not that good. I mean, could could be he could be motivated though. So, but yes, he hasn't been that great. So, I'm gonna sit Derrick Henry as well. Um. So, uh, you know, uh, this is one of those things where I. I think it has, to me, um, I think Drake and and Henry are very similar. And but, I, what Drake has done this season when he has been good has been very fluky. I refer you to last week against New England, extremely fluky play to give him Amazing uh, play, a good though. day. But so I mean, you're looking at a guy who uh, last three games. Uh, eight carries for 32 yards, seven carries for 31, six for 24. His receiving stats are uh, five for 64, two for 13, one for 55, three touchdowns in all those games, and basically all of them very fluky. Uh, I Honestly, bad matchup against Minnesota, no matter uh, – we were having a discussion today, uh, Rashad and I, about what's going on with Minnesota. There's one thing that is good with Minnesota still, and that is their run defense. I'm going to – and. Derrick Henry has a good matchup. I I don't think Derrick Henry is going to score 50, but I also think there is a good chance he outscores Drake, and so I would probably play Henry over Drake. Uh, last one before the break, D.D. Westbrook, Alshon Jeffrey. That's easy for me. It's Jeffrey. I know Nick Foles is playing, but Jeffrey is just more of a potential boom player. Uh, wait, I don't see that one. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, I like, yeah. Jeffrey. Uh, I'm going to disagree. Be the uh, uh, This is one where I will go with Didi just because Jeffrey has been so very bad this year. You had Cody Kessler come in last week and um, look for Didi. So I think that if there's one thing that they're trying to do down the stretch in Jacksonville is find out what works. Um, and I think what worked last week for Cody Kessler was Didi Westbrook. So I'll, I'll roll him out there. All right, let's break. We got a couple more next, and then we'll uh, move on. This is Football Sunday on the Fan.
Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, let's continue the fantasy scramble here before the rosters lock for the 10 a.m. games. For those of you who are in playoff matchups, need help with the flex, ESPN Full Point PPR League, Kenneth Dixon or Jalen Samuels. I also have Sony Michelle and Larry Fitzgerald to consider at the flex. Thanks for the help. Um, I do like Samuels a lot, actually. Uh, I like really all of the Steelers running back always. So I like Samuels a lot in that situation. I know... Michelle had a bad game last week and it's kind of tough to trust the Patriots running back situation because they have so many guys who can touch the ball, but I wouldn't be uh, upset if you picked him, but I'm going to lean Jalen Samuels on this one. I don't know. Um, He had seven catches last week. So in PPR, that does help. Well, uh, probably Jalen Samuels then. Uh, I think I'm going to roll out Samuels again, too. There's obvious great value uh, out of the running back in um, in Pittsburgh. We have PPR flex spot, Kenneth Dixon again, or Tyler Boyd, who is the receiver for the Bengals. Remember, Jeff Driscoll is the uh, quarterback for the Bengals at the moment. A lot of people asking about Dixon today. I think it's... Um, He's getting a lot of red zone touches in in Baltimore. And because of that, I guess he's pretty pretty attractive to play. But I'm going to go Tyler Boyd on this one. He's their best receiver left healthy. And I know Driscoll's not the best, but he's going to get catches. And if it's a full point PPR league, then you're going to be happy with his catches. So Tyler Boyd. I didn't trust Dalton's. I'm not going to trust Driscoll. So I'm going Kenneth Dixon. Um. So, Tyler Boyd or Kenneth Dixon, huh? PPR, yeah. Um, uh, See, so they're playing Tampa, right, Baltimore? Yes. Um, I am actually probably going to uh, – Kenneth Dixon has kind of taken over um, that Buck Allen role that they had in the early season, except he's better than Buck Allen. Buck Allen's uh, – that role is good for several catches. It's typically good for a goal line – uh, carrier two, um, Boyd's been really, really good, but um, I, I do worry about um, the fact that there is no AJ Green there, um, and believe it or not, he actually was better with AJ Green. So I might just roll out Kenneth Dixon. I think he's going to be pretty good this week, and he is involved in that passing game. Half point PPR: Sony Michelle, Jalen Samuels. Similar to the last question, I'm going Samuels on this one. Um, Samuels. There's uh, too many running backs in New England. Yeah, no, New England with all the running backs that, you know, now you got Rex Burkhead coming in and might get a goal line carry. Um, you, you actually do have a pretty good run defense in Pittsburgh as well. Uh, on the flip side, I, I think, you know, you have a kind of a Swiss Army knife and Jalen Samuels who he's involved in the passing game. He's involved in between the tackles. Um, he may lose out on a goal line carry to a Steven Ridley, but you found last week that it really was Samuel's job for the most part. And, and Ridley was just a goal line nuisance. So I think I'll go Samuels as well. A couple questions. Then we will take a break breeze or luck breeze going up against Carolina luck going up against Dallas. I understand why you're asking this because Breeze has been kind of iffy the last two games, but that Dallas defense is good. So I'm going to go Breeze. Hmm. 
Dallas defense is good. <sighs> Andrew Luck just hasn't, you know, outside of he's had one really statistically bad game, uh, two maybe this season. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not picking against Andrew Luck. You're not picking against it, so you're picking Luck. No, I'm picking Luck, yeah. Okay. Um, this really is a tough one just because, once again, you got this running game going at full bar, and when they run the way they want to, um, the Drew Brees has typically a, a, a kind of a down game. Um, in your playoffs, you need somebody probably with a more stable floor, and because of that, because he is the engine that makes that team run, I'm going to go with Andrew Luck. Uh, at the flex, Marlon Mack or Josh Adams? I'm going to go Mack on this one. The Adams was supposed to be the starter for the Eagles, and the first week they said, oh, you're going to get more carries. He didn't. He just was not really that much of a part of the offense. I think some of that was because they were losing, and I think they're going to be losing again because they play the Rams. So I'm going to go Marlon Mack. Um, I, I, I guess I have to go Marlon Mack again. Like, Yeah, Marlon Mack. Yeah, I'll throw Mack against the wall. And Chicago defense or Baltimore defense, both good defenses. Baltimore playing the Bucks, Chicago playing the Packers, both decent offenses. But um, with how hot they've been lately, I'm going to go with the Bears defense. Both good choices, though. I don't um, think you can really go wrong with either. I, I, I think I like Baltimore. Baltimore is still um, statistically the best defense in the NFL or among the best uh, as far as uh, points allowed. So I'm still going Baltimore. I don't know. I, I had the Baltimore defense for a while in our league, um, the intercom league that you and I are playing in today, and I dropped them after I literally had three games that I lost uh, by tenths of a point because Baltimore's defense didn't show up, and it wasn't because they had bad matchups. It's just because they just didn't show up. Um, I, I, I think I would have them on the bench today. I, I don't trust them. Um, they're a good defense. I don't know if they're a great fantasy defense. On the other hand, you have the Chicago Bears that force so many turnovers. They're, they they get so many sacks. Um, I'll throw them out there, even though they have a, a not as good of a, of the, a matchup. And the final question before we go, Jeff Wilson or Kenny Galladay? So Matt Breida is playing this week. Um, but there is a little bit of a question about what his workload's going to be. Kenny Galladay has been awful since Marvin Jones was injured and Golden Tate was traded. He has just been locked down by the number one corner on an regular basis they're playing the bills who actually have a good defense and a good secondary although wilson's not starting i'm gonna take him over galladay just because i really am i've soured on galladay at this point jeff wilson um i uh only because of the uncertainty of what you have going on in that running game in san francisco and i do believe um that if breed is out there shanahan's shown that he's not been on a pitch count if he's been coming off an injury or playing through an injury this year. So I think Jeff Wilson, who was fine but not great in his absence, is going to take more of a back seat. Um, so I, I just don't feel safe playing Jeff Wilson today. All right, that's it. This is uh, That's our fantasy scramble. We do it every single week at 930, although we only got one more week of it left for any of you guys who make the finals next week. That's it. That's going to be the end of our fantasy scramble segment. And uh, we will move on to other things throughout the show. So hopefully you guys win in your semifinals, except for Jesse. I hope he loses. Or in your consolation brackets. Nobody pays attention to those. Nobody at all. I've completely tuned out. I actually did set my lineup just because, but um, I don't care. 
My team didn't do well. I was gonna say my team didn't do bad. They didn't do great. Um, I went seven and seven. I went seven and seven and didn't make the playoffs, and so that's kind of frustrating. I missed the playoffs because of Mitchell Trubisky and Jared Goff, and I hate them for. I, I had a lot of bad things happen though. Like I, I, you guys saw the text. Like I, I lost to a team that had four buys in the starting lineup. Like my team was that <laughs> bad at a point to where. Yeah, it, the thing, everything that could have went wrong kind of did. The, the brightest spot of my season has been Andrew Luck. Like, he's been the one part that hasn't really been too up and down. He's been pretty consistent. Everything well, else outside of that, like Deshaun Watson, first few weeks weren't great. Um, who else? Uh, Evan Ingram had, like, one good one good game. Why do you still around. have him on your team? I think the, 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 the tight end pool was incredibly slim. You know, <laughs> there, just, well, there wasn't much around. I also have Austin uh, Hooper. You know, and he's been okay, you know, but still. So, yeah, the, the, I, Des Bryant was somebody I picked up, and I knew I was going to be able to use him at some point. And then, what do you know, he got hurt. I also, first pick of the draft for me was um, Le'Veon Bell. And we all know how that situation worked out. So yeah, The guy who drafted Le'Veon Bell in my league went 2-12. and 12. Yeah, so hooray for me. All right, we got a break. Coming up next, college football playoff to eight rumblings have appeared Way more serious this week. Let's discuss that next. This is Football Sunday on The Fan.